All righty, Fletch, we have a very special guest now. It is True Crime Tuesday, mm. but we've got a spin on it this week. Yes. We're not going for true, true crime. We're going for true crime Fiction. of the novel variety. Yes, <laughs> and we're joined now by, well, he, he wears many hats, mm. but in this case, uh, author Brian Brown. Welcome to The Run Home. Hi, fellas. How are we? Going good, Brian. Going good. Now, I was just uh, saying off air, this book um, – Okay, is this? I mean, we know it's fiction, um, but it says in here there's murder, there's uh, drugs, there's lies. Is this something based on your life, or is it all <laughs> purely made up? Could have been set in a football club, couldn't it? <laughs> it could have. There'd be, be a couple of other things in there too. Now, it. Um, uh, where'd you get the inspiration from? Um, well, I like. I like crime. I like reading crime. It's a big genre. I read lot, I read all sorts of stuff, but I like crime because um, crime gives us the opportunity to look at, you know, look at how bad things are and we're not a part of it. And then, then the bad he gets his comeuppance and it, it makes us feel a bit relieved about society and makes us feel that there's justice going on there. But um, I, look, it's all, I mean, I've been around for a while and I spend... I've spent my time going up, you know, it, it, telling stories uh, for 50 years in film and television and I've worked with writers and I buy the rights to books and work on all that. So, you know, telling stories is um, just telling stories uh, is, is what I like doing and what I do. And I guess in this uh, I draw, the characters are drawn from, you know, observations of people and then, you know, like, and then I let my, you know, then I let my imagination go um, and have fun. So were you able to, like doing the book, writing the book to get some material, could you, do you have any mates who were coppers or do you have any mates who back in the day were a bit shady or is it just all off the top of your head? No, a lot of it is about, a lot of it is about how we grow up um, and you know, areas I grew up in, you know, it wasn't uh, desperately bad, but, you know, I saw saw how easy it is to get into trouble when you're a young bloke if you haven't got much supervision and uh, if you're not looked after properly, it's easy to make a blue and then you make a bigger blue and then perhaps a bigger blue and then it's very hard to come back from. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've grown up being aware of that as a young fella. Um, uh, I, I, I spend a lot of time because of the game I'm in. Uh, if, I, if I do a... Uh, you know, a, a, a crime movie or something. There's always research that goes into it, and you're talking with cops. When I do this sort of stuff, I do I do have access to a detective in Sydney, and I run everything past him. And um, uh, you know, the, the thoughts I have on stuff like that, and he he tells me if I'm you know pulling my put or it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> do you have to sling him? Like, do you have, does he does he want credits in the back of the book or anything? <laughs> Uh, but I do, I do thank him. Yeah, yeah. like I thank, you know, I I, I thank him, and and also there's a, a lady federal police that I needed to know something about uh, in the book, which was to do with uh, sex trafficking and stuff, and I needed to get that right and how where that's moved to. And the the cops are very helpful. There's no question about it. I think there's two reasons. One, they want you to get it right, not and not be not put stupid stuff out there. And two, I think they like people writing about this because it's a warning it helps people know that be aware of certain things that they're doing or they might you know don't walk down a dark alley at night and somewhere you know they like crime does help people with a warning you know 
Brian, the book's based up in uh, northern New South Wales. Uh, does that hold a special place for you? Have you spent a lot of time up um, northern New South Wales? Yeah, I do. I've had a I've had a farm up there for forty years, and um, I do I do spend time up there, and I, I surf up there on the north coast. Um, and and I've, I've got to be I've got to be careful um, uh, in not naming where it is because there's a bit of um, who's doing what to who and who's paying in this, and I don't want uh, I don't want I don't want to get myself into strife. <laughs> how, hey Brian, how long did it take you to write this? Because we hear about you know authors and they get the writer's block and stuff, or did you just get on a roll? How, how did how did how long did it take you to, to write this? Yeah, I that, it, that's that's right. I do get on a roll. This took about four or five months, um, but only I only write for an hour, hour and a half at the most, and not every day. Maybe two or three days. I tend to come up with a scenario that starts. Like in this, the first three or four pages is a very arresting start to this. And then I've, there's three characters involved there who would never have ever been in, been with each other at all uh, in, in normal circumstances. But in this situation, they're together. And that gives me three characters to then start to explore. And I let the characters take me on a journey. I don't plot anything out. I just uh, I just let them just uh, go along um, and I... I I write with one finger because I can't type, and it's it's, uh, it's my it's the finger on my right hand alongside my thumb, and so that's one letter after another. Um, but I think that that pacing helps me not get in front of the story. Mm. Um, I think I think, but I you know if I was double handed typing away, then I might just sort of race over stuff. But this just I think being being deliberate like this just helps me a bit. Yeah. But I don't know where I'm going. I just let I let it unfold. Does this book have room for a prequel or a sequel, or is this one of a series? Any plans moving forward? No, there's no plans on it. But you're right. I mean, there are characters on, in this that I could decide I want to go further with in in something. I mean, I don't have plans for it, but it could. Um, it also lends itself to an eight-hour series. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't have plans for that or anything. I just had the joy of writing this. And telling this story, you know, um, that's really what it is at the moment to me, for sure. What What's harder, Brian, acting or or, or writing? Well, look, they both require disciplines. You know, you can't just you can't fake it. Um, you can't treat it uh, with disdain, or you know, you, when I'm doing a film, you you spend time. Um, you know, you got to know you got to know your dialogue. You got to know what the story is. If your characters, you got to sort of work out where you touch that character. To play it, and when I'm writing a story, I've got to feel like these are real people, and I'm uh, that I'm telling. But I got to say, you know, when the when they say action on the camera, for me it's playtime. So you know, um, I love all that. I'm sore here, Brian, that uh, you're born in Panania. So should I assume that you're a mad Bulldogs fan? No, and. I want a lot of sympathy. I'm a Dragons fan. Oh. <laughs> well, you, we got a little bit of sympathy. You don't have to play Magic Round <laughs> next year, so you, you don't have to go out there. Um, no, the poor. Old what I do know, person. what I do know is, we're going to win the comp this year. Oh, so okay, it's really, okay. I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Is that like second grade or all the NRL? Like, <laughs> what, which I think it's toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Brian, I've actually seen you a couple of times. I would say three times now. At yep. and yeah. at, at um, uh, Golden Century, it's it doesn't the, the Chinese restaurant in Sussex Street. Yeah, yeah I know. Obviously, yeah, it's not there right, anymore. Right. Is that 
your so is Chinese your go to cuisine? No, but that place was an institution. That mm-hmm. was a where where you're gonna you know going to meet someone, particularly on something like a Sunday or something. It's like where you're gonna meet, and the Golden Century always knew you were going to, you know, be looked after there. It was it had character. Uh, it was always a great place to go to. No, I I, I don't have any particular go tos. I'm 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 fairly uh, easy going. I don't I don't really care where I am or what I eat. No, that's good. What about how long did you live in? Did you ever live full time in the states? I had a house in Malibu there for a number of years because I was going backwards and forwards, um, and I spent a lot of time in the states. But I never actually uh, saw myself as properly living there and you know becoming and uh, being being American almost. But uh, but I spent a lot of time there and that, it, it was very good to me and um, I got I got a lot out of the place. But I, I, I you know if you if, you know the states and LA are two different things. LA is a very strange town. Mm. Nice to walk into and have a bit of fun in and whatever, but it is a very strange town in that it's just a, all about one thing. Uh, and I think that's hard for people. Um, um, so, I, you know, I, I enjoyed any time I was there, but I, I never really wanted to live there. So did you surf there too? Like, did you surf at Malibu? Is there waves along no, there? No, I didn't. No, I didn't surf there at, at all. I was, I'd stopped surfing at that stage. And... Um, I, but you know, like, which was stupid because if any wave was the right wave for me, it was Malibu. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I didn't at, at that time. And at that, that see, I'd be going in to do a movie or, or or television or something like that, and that took up the days. And then you know, when it was finished, almost a day it's finished, I'd leave. So it, it didn't lend itself to that. Brian, I most recently saw you on the Stan series Court playing the Prime Minister of Australia. Now, did you base that character off any real Prime Minister of Australia? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was a little bit of John Howard with the Australian tracksuit. He used to rock that a bit. Well, the tracksuit, yeah, that's that's pretty uh, easy to think of. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. Act, I mean, I know John wore that a lot, um, but and, and maybe maybe that was what what lent, lent me to it. But I said, if I'm having a tracksuit, I want it on all the time. Um, <laughs> so so, um, that, so yeah, Are so you- that the tracksuit. The tracksuit gave me something to work with, yeah. Are you a big Ian Thorpe fan in real life? Because there was a lot of references to watching Ian Thorpe's Sydney 2000 performances. I know. Well, I, I mean, it, it was pretty bloody fantastic. And mm. I was, I did go to the Olympics almost every day. Um, and it was pretty hard not to, um, to um, you know, be, be, be wrapped in Ian. Also, the other thing was Ian grew up out in the area that I grew up yeah. in. It was a mile and a half up the road. Um, uh, he, he actually wasn't invented by the time I left. I wouldn't have thought. Um, but uh, um, but he's a Westie boy. Yeah. Mm. So Brian, twenty five years ago, uh, the the movie Two Hands, um, and you played Pando. Yeah. It was one of the great Australian films. Why then, if you're a Dragons fan, why was your stubby cooler and Parramatta eels when you were sitting up there at the cross there behind the desk? Yeah, because I think the the we wanted it to be we want like if I had the dragons, it would be a little bit south south um west. Uh, I think Parramatta planted me better, right? Okay. Um, and uh, I think they wanted uh, you know we wanted Pando to be uh, 
a definite character. Um, if he was going to come from anywhere, let's say he came from Para. Yeah, that's where all the crims are. You're right. Um, <laughs> so, what are your what, what are your memories from from that movie, Brian? Because it was because I'm from Bondi, and when we got to see, you know, visions of Bond, that was probably the first movie I'd ever seen where Bondi was on camera. What were your memories of of that movie? Yeah, it is great that we we put those places on camera. I mean, I love Bondi. Um, I remember my mum used to take me and my sister out there a couple of times a year and then we'd have to get the bus coming back into the city to get the train. I'd look out the window and I'd see all these little blonde-haired boys and girls and think, why aren't they going home? Oh, they live here. How good is that? Um, that was Fletch. So I do, I do love Bondi. I do love Bondi and uh, it's a real, it's, it's a very Sydney thing. Um, I, I remember a lot about that movie, but basically the biggest two things I remember was Heath mm. and Rose Byrne. They were just uh, such wonderful young up-and-coming actors and actresses. And, you know, it was a terribly sad thing when we found out that Heath had died. He was a, he was a, he was a great young man. And Rose is just fantastic in anything she do. I just I remember the movie a lot about the beginning of their careers. I also remember it for things like origami and pterodactyl, two things I didn't know what I was doing. That's right. Who, who, uh, did you have anything to do with the writing of that, Brian? No, no, no. Gregor Jordan wrote it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't have anything to do. You always change a couple of things to make them, make them fit you, you know. Um, but really it was Gregor wrote a very, a very engaging story. Brian, I'm a slightly different uh, age demographic to Fletch. So the first movie I remember you in was Along Came Polly. <laughs> Uh, the cast on that is A grade. Um, have you got any stories on set of Ben Stiller or Jennifer Aniston, uh, even F- Philip Seymour, Ho- Seymour Hoffman, the cast on that show? Yeah, there's a couple of things I remember. Um, one of the things I remember with Alec Baldwin, Alec was playing the boss of, I think he was the boss of um, Ben, and I remember we, they were having a conversation in the toilet and at the end of like they, you know, uh, they'd shaken themselves. <laughs> Alec gave gave Ben a tap on the bum, and I remember thinking, "That's really, that's really, really a great little thing to do," you know, standing <laughs> at the trough and then he's tapping a bloke on the bum beside you. Yeah. Um, Have I you tried that? that? Very... <laughs> Have you done that again, like maybe uh, at the airport or Caltex or something? <laughs> I, I, I'm not going there, um, but I did think that was rather really clever of Alec. Yeah. Um, um, uh, Jennifer, I mean, they're all lovely. Jennifer loved knitting. She would sit between t- t- takes, just sitting around knitting over and over. Just she just loved knitting. Um, you wouldn't necessarily, you know, it's interesting the things that people do that you wouldn't necessarily put with them. Ben is one of the funniest blokes I've ever seen on screen. He's quiet mm. off screen. He's quiet when you're sitting around. But there was one time we we're on a boat and the, there's a storm and all that, and he's at the at the wheel and all this. And he, it was only meant to be a short few minutes, a few seconds scene or something. But when they actually finished what they got, they let the camera keep rolling. And Ben just did about five minutes of improvs around us, around us, a wheel of a boat that's that's in high seas, and you couldn't contain yourself. It was it was like I imagine Charlie Chaplin. He was incredibly comic. Now, bro, while we're reminiscing, can we talk about cocktail? Can you tell us a couple yeah, of Tom sure. Cruise stories? Is he? Funny? Is he aggressive? I know he's very short. What's what's he like behind <laughs> behind the camera? Well, I mean, everyone will tell you he works hard. He's easy to get along with. Um, 
no one's going to come up with it. He's just a really open, uh, hard-working guy. Mm. But the biggest thing about Cocktail is that the script never had the bottle throwing in it. That was never in it, which was one of the biggest things about that movie yeah. um, that gave it such a, a, a lift and whatever. Um, but uh, Tom went out at the end of one week of rehearsal and must have gone to some bar on a Friday night with friends, and he came in on the Monday and he said, I've just seen this bloke throwing bottles around. It's sensational. Why don't we do that? And so the decision was made that we would. And we started then the next day starting to practice throwing bottles to each other. Uh, and we had about three weeks before we had to do the scenes in the bar. So we had a chance to practice every day at lunchtime or whatever in your, in your own house. In my hotel room, I had bottles and glasses uh, all throughout the the room. If I got up in the middle of the night for a pee, I'd throw a few glasses, have a pee, throw a few more glasses, and go back to bed. Um, yeah, you know. And we got incredibly good at it. Yeah, incredibly good. At it. It, it was awesome. Um, we did. It was awesome. We we did things in unison, which no one had ever seen before. And the long and the short of it was, it, I got a lot of free drinks all around the world for about the next ten years. Yeah, I, was about, I was about to ask you that. And so, Brian, you got a really broad Australian accent, like it's really strong. Did Direct, did you ever have issues over in America, like when you were giving out like lines and stuff, doing your dialogue? Did put the, the people say, oh, hang on, just slow down a bit or or anything like that? No. No, no they didn't. No one ever did. I mean, Cocktail, he was written as an American bartender and they asked me to do it and I'm, I just started speaking and no one gave it, no one said anything. <laughs> the first you, movie I had you, over there was a movie called FX that I was given and he was an American special effects man. Um and I just started talking. No one ever said anything about it. So I've never, I've never, I've actually never played with an American accent. No, well, that was the next question. Can you do a, can you do accents? No, that's probably the reason why no, I don't. No. <laughs> and you haven't even picked up a little bit of American twang or no. yeah, the Atlantic accent. You're very Australian, very Panamanian. <laughs> well, you know, um, Yanks are very Yank, you know. Mm. So, you know. I'm. I guess I'm very. I am Australian. Yeah. Whatever. No, that's that's uh, the Irish are very Irish. It's just that you can't understand the bloody word. Like, While you're living in Malibu, Brian, did you have any pinch yourself moments? Maybe a house party or an interaction with uh, Hollywood celebs or sports stars or um, anything of that ilk. Yeah, there was always. You know, there was always someone's place you at lunch or, or whatever, and there'd always be um, very well known people around i think uh i think the, the the one that was most that sort of i was very pleased to see was the american actor goes back a bit tony curtis mm. um and that's going back a long way but he was a massive star in the 50s and the 60s massive and uh i really enjoyed the opportunity to, to be able to tell him that i'd loved it all the stuff that he'd done but there was always people you know you'd go to those that'd be Whoopi goldberg or there'd be always people around uh, there or either in a coffee shop or whatever. Malibu's uh, Malibu's Malibu's a very laid back place, but a lot of the a lot of a lot of the actors and stuff like being up around there and musos. Mm. Now the NRL we're heading over to Vegas uh, for round one. Over there. Do you think the Yanks? Yeah, will what get, about that? Yeah, do you think the Yanks will, will get around it? Well, it, you know their football's huge. So it's our job is to promote it as, as as heavily as we can. I think it's a great job. With, it's great that we're in there. Yeah. But you, know, you better turn on a couple of great games. And I'm sure, um, you know, Vlandis doesn't muck around. For goodness sake, he was at the dinner at the White House the other day. He's okay. only got to go. 
he only needs to be with the Pope now, and he's done the Queen, the the Prime Minister, the Premier, the President, and and he's got the trifecta up if he can get the Pope. <laughs> yeah. And did he? Did he? He said, "I heard he say he stole something from them. Yeah, he stole some cutlery. He I stole some cutlery. Yeah. Have you ever crossed paths with uh, our Lord Vlandis? He's a mate of mine. Really? Oh, okay. oh you're both dragons. You're both dragons." Support both dragon. oh, right. And of course, whenever he whenever he, he's a terrible driver, and of course, whenever he drives me out there, we go around the airport about three times before we can get out there. It's terrible. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, well, thanks for joining yeah. us, Brian. Uh, for all our listeners, uh, yeah. you've done the audio book as well. Is that correct? I've done the audio book. Yep, yep. In that's that right. Aussie accent. Beautiful. So that, yeah, so uh, that was that was enjoyable. I, I don't necessarily enjoy doing those things, but they said – You've got to do it, Brian. So I did it. And so the book's out now, obviously. Have you got plans for yeah. what's the, the next 12 months look like for Brian Brown? Any movie scripts come across? travelling with PVL, surely. Mm. Well, I've, I, I finished uh, earlier in the year that, that movie with Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell called Anyone But You, and that'll come out. It's either coming out middle of December or Boxing Day. That's a big rom- romantic comedy. And um, a great Australian book called The Boy Who Swallowed the Universe. Uh, we oh, did yes. it as an eight-part series. Netflix put that out. We'll put that out in January. And then um, I'm meant to be working with my old mate, Bruce Beresford, who did Breaker Morant. I haven't oh. worked with him in 40, 40 years, and I'm meant to be doing a movie with him in February. So, oh, you're busy. Yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got enough to keep me busy when I get out of the water. Beautiful. Just for all our listeners, before we let you go, Brian, uh, have you got any Peter Volandi stories? We've got a lot of rugby league fans listening. Well, we all know he can't keep his shirt in his pants. We all know that. Yes. Yeah. Is it because his pants are too low or his shirts are too long? There's something going on there. I think he needs to uh, put his pants up a bit higher. Tuck them in your undies. Mm. It's just. uh, it's just a dag. Yeah. How <laughs> yeah. that? You know, he's very good company. Probably never, probably never, ever been able to keep his shirt properly in his pants. Yeah. <laughs> but if you saw him at school, it would be the same. <laughs> he considers himself a bit of comedian too, doesn't he? Does he try your joke? Does he try his jokes on you? No, he does make me laugh. Yeah. He does make me laugh. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a lovely fella, that's for sure. All right, Brian. Well, thank you for joining us on the run home. Uh, For all our listeners, you can buy The Drowning. That's available where all good books are sold. Uh, No doubt we'll all be following that, Brian. And uh, good luck on the upcoming movie that's being released and all your future endeavours. Thanks for the conversation, boys. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. See you, mate. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. See you, fellas. Bye, mate.